Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox. I'm the Compliance Evangelist, and I'd like to welcome you to this special five-part podcast series, which I do in conjunction with David Greenberg, Special Advisor at LRN. We take a look at the white paper published by LRN entitled, What's the Tone at the Very Top? The Role of the Board of Directors in Overseeing Ethics and Compliance. It's clear with each new headline, there's a crisis in corporate leadership. You name the scandal. Me Too, retaliation against those who speak out, unrealistic financial targets, and pressure to meet them, toxic workplace cultures. But what about uh, each one of these questions raises the larger question of where was the board? So what's the tone at the board and what are corporate boards doing? In this special five-part series, we take a look at why tone at the top is so important, understanding and game planning uh, for your board of directors, why CCOs do not have enough time and enough depth with the board, what are the metrics uh, that a board should be looking at, and how should boards hold senior management accountable, and finally, what's the road ahead? It's a fascinating exploration of a very timely topic I know you'll enjoy this special five-part podcast series. This special five-part podcast series on the role of the Board of Directors in a best practices compliance program is a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. Episode two, Board of Director Understanding and CCO Game Plan for Dealing with the Board. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox, back again with David Greenberg, Special Advisor at LRN, in our five-part exploration of what's the tone at the very top, boards and compliance. In this episode, we're going to take a look at board understanding and a board game plan. David, uh, first of all, thank you uh, for coming back to visit with me today. Thank you. So, David, why do boards have such little or partial understanding of the role of a chief compliance officer and a compliance function. In our last episode, you talked about really the lack of a relationship. Is it, and that is one of the primary factors, but are there factors beyond that? I think so. There's some, there's some really important um, context. In the large kind of sweep of corporate history, ethics and compliance and chief compliance officers, it's all relatively new. You know, those of us in the field know it's been around for a quarter century, but it's still not all that familiar to boards and board members. If you asked most board members, what's the chief compliance officer do day to day? And you compare that, you compare their answer to that to their answer, what does a chief financial officer do, or what's a chief legal officer do, you'd, you'd start to see what I'm saying. Um, we're dealing with something new, and the whole framework is still kind of in a gestation phase. You also have to look at who boards are. Boards are people, and they're largely um, CEOs or former CEOs. CFOs or former CFOs, industry experts in a particular sector. And most just don't come with a deep understanding of or experience with 
ethics and compliance. The other thing I'd say is that many boards and many great boards are actually reactive in terms of their relationship with management. The right relationship is that management is serving up, you know, thoughtful strategic items for discussion about the company's present and future. And so if managements themselves have little experience with ethics and compliance, they're not serving up the kinds of big questions that they're serving up to the board on issues like mergers and acquisitions and kind of the whole company business strategy um, and competitive posture um, on and on and on. The next thing I'd say is that as a board member myself, I, I feel it uh, every day in every board meeting. Board agendas, committee agendas are unbelievably full. And the urgent tends to drive out sometimes some of what's important. And as we've discussed so far, there's not always a great understanding of how important this is and how you can kind of tackle the beast of influencing behavior in the right direction in organizations. Um, if you put all that together, uh, you get a sense of why, you know, we are where we are and there's so little understanding. The final thing I'd say on this question is we in the compliance and ethics community are a little bit to blame, I would say, because many chief compliance officers do get a chance to report to boards or board committees. And what we've been reporting for the past couple decades really doesn't make it, in my view. It doesn't translate into the board's mind that this is an incredibly complex strategic issue that's um, importantly related to company business strategy and success. So I believe we in our community have magnified the problem. There are lots of reasons for that, but you know, it is what it is. What, what you see in most compliance officer reports to boards is reporting on activities, not outcomes, backward-looking, not forward-looking, and, you know, way too superficial for what is an unbelievably complex set of dynamics. So, David, that really leads into the next question I wanted to pose to you, which is around an ethics and compliance game plan. And perhaps instead of asking you why boards don't have a better sense of an ethics and compliance game plan, we could just pick up directly on your last point is why aren't chief compliance officers communicating not only what the ethics and compliance game plan is, but tying it in to the specific business strategy of the company? Well, I mean, part of it is that if boards are giving this little time and attention, the chief compliance officer is pretty constrained. So while, you know, I think we're, we're part of, we in the ethics and compliance community are part of the problem. As I said, 
we, in many cases, start with a hand or two tied behind our back. Um, a, a real ethics and compliance strategy is a pretty complex thing. We're, we're talking about how to influence human behavior in the right direction. And that's a profound question that can't be answered or addressed in a few minutes. You know, we're faced with trying to encourage behavior that has to overcome some inherent obstacles. We've all been told since, you know, nursery school not to tattle on our peers. Um, we know that it's hard in many cases to challenge the boss. And we know it's difficult to deal with risky activity in corporate life that may produce revenue in the short run. So you cannot wrestle with these, these things in a few minutes or, you know, in a passive presentation. Too many times in our study, we found that ethics and compliance was the last thing on the agenda. It was five or 10 minutes. Sometimes it was shortened beyond that because of the press of other business. Sometimes it was um, consigned to what's called the pre-read packet. In other words, yeah, saw your presentation um, in the materials I got before the board meeting. We've read it. Get it. Let's move on. That is not a formula for the board understanding and supporting a strategic game plan. So again, there are chief compliance officers out there who have an incredibly strong strategy, you know, doing all of the right things, looking at outcomes, thinking about the long haul, thinking about incentives and how to use them to influence behavior, thinking about how to make the values of a company come off the pages of the code of conduct and into real behavior, but they are kind of climbing a steep uphill climb in terms of having a board that sends the right signal and supports them and, you know, ends up creating an environment where they get the right resources and the right time and attention and have the right clout. David, is that a conversation that a chief compliance officer could at least start with the chair of the audit committee or the committee he interacts with most often? Yes, but again, um, that's absolutely where it ought to start. Um, it also has to start with a discussion um, with his or her CEO and the senior team because most things don't get to the board level um, without passing through you know, senior management, uh, in some sense. Um, I, I also think that, um, what you're talking about and suggesting underlines whether there's a real relationship in order to have that discussion, you've got to be able to have a relationship, have access, have the opportunity and time for that discussion. And I would say the sad fact is a lot of chief compliance officers have never had the opportunity for that discussion. Now, some have, and as I said, there are great boards out there in, in terms of this issue and great compliance teams out there in terms of this, these issues. But I think we're talking about a minority rather than a majority view. 
Well, David, unfortunately, we are near the end of our time, but I'm continuing my exploration of boards of directors and compliance with David Greenberg. I hope you'll join us tomorrow where we look at the double whammies of not enough time and not enough depth. David, thank you. Hello, everyone. This is Tom Fox again. I'd like to thank you for listening to this episode of our special five-part podcast series on what's the tone at the very top, boards and compliance with David Greenberg, special advisor at LRN. We're going to link to this report in the show notes, so check it out. It's chock-packed with lots of great information. I hope you'll join us again for another episode of this special five-part podcast series. This five-part podcast series on Across the Board has been a special presentation of the Compliance Podcast Network. This podcast is a part of the C-Suite Radio Network. For more top business podcasts, visit c-suiteradio.com.